everybody. This is Alexander A. Manzoni with Manzoni in the morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here we go. Here we go. Boom, boom, boom. It is Monday, December 7th, 2020, and the year from hell is almost over. Thank fuck. Thank God. Thank Buddha. Thank Yahweh. Thank um, the guy from the thing. Thank uh, all of them. All right, we're going to need all the help we can get here. So all the gods, all the deities, because this is some fucked up shit right here. Okay. And luckily, we got so much fucked up shit going on that I have plenty of stuff to write about, which is good for the podcast, you know? Uh, I wrote a few new poems, and uh, going good, you know? So let's get started, shall we? Boom, 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 boom. I wrote a poem about the second year of the coronavirus because year number two is about to begin. I mean, it's called COVID-19 and we're almost on 2021 already. Where's COVID-20? Where's COVID-21? Guess we're going to find out soon enough, aren't we? Woo! More fun. More upending our lives. Yay! I can't wait. I know you can't either. But luckily, it gives everyone more of an excuse to stay on TikTok, stay on YouTube, stay at home, and watch fucking brain-melting shit. Isn't that amazing? Well, I guess it isn't. And I guess a lot of people are tired of it by now because you're running out of shit to watch. <sighs> well, every time I think I run out of shit to watch, we find something else. So that's good. We were watching Big Mouth all weekend, which is another... Uh, thing that I will not recommend to anyone who is under 18 by any means. It's very filthy, but hilarious. All right. I'm going to read this poem. It's called The Second Year is About to Begin. The second year is about to begin. We didn't dream it would last so long. But it did. It has. And we're still pondering what to do while millions are still out of work. And half of our local businesses are shuttered, some for good. Oh, but oh, the same people who protested the protesting of George Floyd are protesting wearing the mask, making a serious problem worse. You might even call it a complete fucking disaster. But if you ask the lame duck in office, he'll tell you that his administration has done the greatest job in history in regards to the coronavirus response. Worst job in history, you mean? Your poisonous denial affected and infected untold scores. And there are still those who cannot be convinced otherwise, thanks to Fox News, Sean Hannity, Alex Jones, basically every Republican politician out there, though at least there are but a few who have begun to realize the writing on the wall since the lame fuck has yet to concede. The election was weeks ago, but what do I know? So many white-faced red hatters are enraged, furious. Without masks on, they took to the streets. They took 
to parlor to spread their racist wings, fly, and then they got hacked. Some got sick, but they're still adamant that this, this, this is all a conspiracy. That the Obamas and the Clintons own all the voting machines in the country. Except where the Republicans won, y'all. What else do you have for us? Nothing quite as crazy as Pizzagate this year? You sure about that? Oh well. So as the second year of Corona threatens to begin, and at least one hell for me, my friends, and my family is about to end. Listen to me as I bid you good tidings, good spirits, and good luck in the coming months. They shall be difficult, yea, possibly more arduous than last time, but we'll make it, we'll find a way. After all, we always do, or at least we seem to. I wrote a poem for uh, Thanksgiving. Miss that? Oh, well. That's what I get for writing poems on the day of the holiday because then I don't get a chance to read them until a year afterwards. But rest assured, next year this time, you're going to be hearing my poem about uh, Happy Corona's Giving. <laughs> so I wrote a poem for my mother on her birthday, which was a few days ago, maybe like four. Huh? And, uh, you know, I want to get her all choked up because I know that she watches this podcast and watches all my TikToks. So this is my poem for my mother on her birthday. Happy birthday, my dearest mother. Here is to yet another year gone, and in regard to this one, well, it was one for the books. But you made it. We made it. We did it somehow, some way. You have survived so as the love for both of your precocious children turned adults. You are loved, beloved. Our world wouldn't look quite the same without you, without your social and political commentary. Oh, but we had such fun last year. So for this birthday, stop. Take a breather. Know that you will always be loved. And that you, no matter what, you have taught us our life skills, though some have been better applied than others. Basically everything we needed to subsist on our own. Thrive, even. But you still hold the keys to the cake of legend. Perhaps your most treasured and sought after of secrets. You are as tough as nails as you are beautiful. I know you are not invincible. But it seems as if you may be close to it. COVID-19, it better take a number. Because it's going to be waiting a long time to get the upper hand here. Let us celebrate your coming into the world. You deserve it. You have done the job of a hundred moms. It would take a hundred more than that, far more. For such a great number to even come close to comparison. May 2020 be the worst year we have lived and will ever. May 2021 be the beginning of a new epoch. May your birthday mark a decisive turning point for renewal. I love you beyond the scope of measure. Thank you. Thank you for everything you have ever done, Mom. Oh, isn't that nice? Well, you know, as angry as I am, I still have a warm heart sometimes. Isn't that swell? 
you know. I mean, sometimes I'm just like, ah, ah. But other times I'm like, oh, you know, that's just part of my personality. I can be funny. I could be serious. I can be angry. And I can be uh, meek and mild, I guess. All right, we're going to read another poem. Not quite as heartfelt as the last one. A little bit more brutal, maybe. I don't know. Just the fact that uh, the title is called At Each Other's Throats says a lot about uh, the state of things today. We're all at each other's throats while billionaires, they sit and they gloat. Count stacks of our hard-won cash as the masses have little choice but to spend. Spend, spend from the comfort and relative safety of their own homes. Local businesses shattered, shuttered. Little startups, they've been turned down. No loans for little people. Not enough money to go around except for the chosen few. What do we do? For most opportunities have dried up, and so has our luck. Ugh. Dark times, but you know what? That's the reality of where we're living, you know? Very dark. Which is nice while I go on TikTok and see all the people making, like, trying to make cute, nice videos. That's very nice. But they're all kind of in between all of the, uh, the angry political people. Um, and then, like, the people who are pissed off about something else who are, like, responding to other people's videos saying that they're pissed off. Whatever. So far, the responses to my videos have been uh, pretty nice. And uh, I like that. I like that I get uh, a lot more positivity off of my new uh, followers on Twitter or TikTok than I do on fucking Twitter. It's certainly more than I do on Facebook where it was more just, like, People I kind of knew from around town and people like acquaintances and shit. I mean, people, classmates from back in the day. People that want to follow me on Facebook so they can angry face my, and sad face my, uh, my shit. And then not fucking go on the goddamn YouTube channel and fucking click like or fucking subscribe. There wasn't one motherfucker from my old class that's fucking subscribed to my shit. And you know what? Fuck them. Fuck them. Fuck them, fuck them, fuck them, fuck them, fuck them. You know, I knew that so many people were just jealous of me growing up, and they just loved it when I went crazy with my bipolar shit. They're like, oh, look at this. He thinks he's so smart. Well, look at him now. He's fucking in the crazy house. Well, you know what? Sometimes you got to get to the crazy house to get to the house of, uh, I don't know, inspiration and dedication. Because I had to go to some dark-ass fucking places to make a decision that, no, I want to follow my dream, okay? I want to be a fucking famous novelist someday. And then I got to Spokane, and yeah, I'd been writing poetry for a long time, but there, isn't, like, there wasn't, like, open mics for people to read poetry at. I mean, there were some, like, poetry readings where people would come and read excerpts from their novels, which seemed kind of strange to me. Because it was uninvited and kind of like awkward and uncomfortable. But as far as like reading your novel or your short stories, 
if you weren't invited to do so um, at a specific event, you don't have a place to do that. So what did I have a chance to do and to share my work with? Uh, poetry. So I went to uh, Auntie's Bookstore and did Three Minute mic. I went to Neato Burrito and did the uh, Broken mic thing. And then I started going to like their individual uh, events and like the poetry slams and stuff and realized that, you know, I'm not really uh, equipped mentally for some of those things. Like competition, poetry competitions is kind of rough because I am a, uh, I'm competitive and I don't like losing and all I did was lose. So, you know, but here I'm winning. All right. Here I'm winning. Boom. You know, maybe I only get a few views on the YouTube, but then I'll get, you know, a couple thousand views spread across a whole bunch of videos, granted, on TikTok. I think I had, oh, I had over 16,000 views for my videos last week on TikTok, <laughs> which is like more than, uh, a, a lot more than my whole channel on YouTube ever got. So that's where I'm going with this, but I'm still doing this because you got to kind of you know, check all the boxes and do what you can and uh, just see what works and what doesn't. Because fucking some videos that I make, I think, man, this is going to get a lot of hits. Don't. And then ones that I think, oh, this is just a throwaway video. Ain't going to get shit. And then it's like, oh, that one got the most hits all day. What the fuck is that? I don't know. It's tough to wrap your head around these kinds of things, especially when there's an algorithm dictating whether you be seen or you be not fucking algorithm i've heard so many things about this algorithm whether you you do too much stuff on here uh you get the shadow ban you like too many people you do too much stuff they uh make it so that people can't see your videos unless they're like following your page or whatever and then there i see that the uh that there's some controversy about whether they are uh Reducing visibility for people with uh, disabilities and African-American individuals and people from uh, traditionally marginalized communities. But at the same time, I'm seeing a lot of people from those communities getting like a million likes and hits. But it's like they kind of pick and choose those people. And, you know, it's like the unknowing, unfeeling algorithm chooses your fate. Do not say no. To the algorithm. Do not flaunt the rules or you will be punished. Don't show drugs on the TikTok. Don't show sex on the YouTube. We got to make stuff for kids that isn't for kids because if it's for kids, we can't monetize it for them. But it's got to be for kids because they're going to look at the video. Well, what the fuck? I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. And that's why I want to fight everything. I'm gonna remember Manzoni loves you, but he also wants to fight. Not an invitation to fight. I'm talking more about a psychic battle of the minds. This is called Can One Trick the Algorithm? Small children, rude gamer vloggers, and vacant eyed, big bootied, small waisted beauties are racking in the cash. Social media videos, a capricious lot. You're either nothing or you're everything and the shit. What kind of world are we living in? The more corners you cut, the more you're rewarded. Why bother trying when the world is forever denying your truthful essence? 
The world's not fair, nor will it ever be. Decades of dedication means little, it seems. It's all a crapshoot formulated by Satan himself. <laughs> or Chinese state-sponsored media. <laughs> Better toss your dice and hold on. Make the stupidest videos you can imagine or most elaborate. Make a fool of yourself, of your family, your friends. Make the jackass boys blush with your impropriety. Make Eric Andre tremble with the very utterance of your name. Make John Waters be a slightly impressed but still playful John Waters. Make the dog shit that Divine Eight and Pink Flamingos seem like Da Vinci's Last Supper. And, and, oh, oh, wait, community guidelines, hypocrisy. They want you to go as far as you can. But if you so much as step over that line wrong in the slightest, your videos will be taken down. You're demonetized, demonetized. You get banned while hate flows freely, vile exchanges run amok, and trolls react to your videos, telling you to fuck off with the least effort possible. Then you'll see another user doing something comparably worse. How'd they slip through the cracks? How does anybody? Or are we supposed to forge ahead? Are we, can one trick this algorithm? Can I? Can anybody? Or are we supposed to forge ahead blindly, following its soulless lead, hoping against hope that we'll be chosen to be elevated upward? To the digital heavens, where blue verified check marks flow like white claw seltzer at a Karen's COVID denier barbecue. Ugh. So that poem was called, Can One Trick the Algorithm? Maybe I'll trick the algorithm into uh, kicking my ass for saying such a thing. No, I guess you can't trick the fucking algorithm. Good luck trying. I'm not. I'm just putting it out there. Here is a poem for the social media gods. <sighs> I have a policy. Uh, I usually only follow people that have about the same follows as they have uh, uh, followers, and then, or if they have like a lot more follows than followers. Like, I don't want to give more followers to someone who has 10 million followers already. Only follow two people, and they don't give a rat's fuck about what you do or what you have to offer. Okay, I want to build a more uh, concrete relationship with the followers on this page. Okay, anyone who follows me, all right, I'll send them a little, you know, they sent me the little wavy thing. I'll send them back a thing like, hey, how you doing? I'm looking forward to seeing your, uh, your stuff on your FYP page, you know, put it out there, you know, just to be nice. I don't know. But these people, they get so... Elevated to the godlike status of social media stardom that they don't care because they get fucking followers where they shit or they fart. They're beautiful enough, they just come on and they just go, boom, 10 million likes. Mm. Kiss my fucking ass. That's what I have to say about that. Though they say, are you going to be like that when you reach that status? I'm like, I don't think so because I know it's like to be at the bottom, to be that lonely motherfucker 
in his mom's basement, you know, a, a preteen, teenager, all those years, young adult, living with mom on the internet, trying to find human connections, you know, and failing miserably most of the time. But other times, you know, I mean, back in the day, I would go into an AOL chat room, find somebody, and then I'd call them up, like in Florida or some shit. And uh, now it's a lot easier because it doesn't cost money. And I can just be like, hey, how you doing? What's up? You know, boom, send you a message or whatever. But it's interesting that now that I have the most reach ever, I feel uh, kind of the most loneliest I have in a long time. Maybe it's a quarantine. I don't know. What about you? <laughs> this is called Social Media Gods. Many will fall and have. Their egos, their mental states, they cannot handle it. They hate or they hate the daily grind. We are the blind leading the blind across an endless desert. The pressure to push on and succeed is too great. An unseen, intangible force will decide our fates. Few will rise, some will die while many cry. And more will forever be denied their dream of international electronic stardom. How fast the seemingly insignificant, unfunny, and entertaining blow up. The cruelest of the cruel, white males born and raised on a steady diet of undeserved white privilege. They terrorize the classrooms until they can terrorize the internet. Twitch, Twitter, Fuckbook, Reddit, 4chan, and YouTube comment sections. Then, when they finally attain the coveted status of social media gods. They move to SoCal and subsequently terrorize their neighbors and authorities with massive parties and mean-spirited pranks. Yet many continue to give them thanks with monthly stipends paying them like they're paying their regular bills. Though that doesn't mean I'm saying not to pay me, Venmo, at PayManzoni. Don't mind me. I'm here to promote literacy. <laughs> Hilarious. Now, don't take that as I'm some fucking stick-in-the-mud uh, literati motherfucker, okay? I'm here trying to bring poetry and reading and all that shit back to the people, back to the regular folks, or at least, you know, the moderately regular folks that are willing to read and l listen to some fucking poetry, you know? Because so many... Um, like English professors and teachers and stuff growing up, they were just like, you'll never understand. You'll never be good enough to understand what we mean by these words. The words of Shakespeare, all words of this. And then they'd be like, oh, here, how do you interpret this? And I'd be like, here's my interpretation. They'd be like, that is wrong. You are wrong. Wrong, wrong, wrong. Mr. fucking Harker, that son of a bitch. I have these tough-ass English teachers that used to ride me, ride my fucking ass, and not in a, you know, in a way that some of you might enjoy. Uh, but, you know, that could either cause two situations. You either make a situation where a person hates English forever, hates fucking poetry, hates the reading, and wants to get the fuck away from it, or someone who wants to... Uh, dedicate themselves to it and try to, you know, work as hard as they can to try to fucking tell all those motherfuckers to kiss my ass. 
Uh, right now, there's got to be some poets in Spokane that think that what I'm doing is uh, childish. Because a lot of folks, they don't like TikTok. They think that it is only for children. I say to them, look at the fucking grannies on TikTok that have like a million fucking subscribers. Okay? Followers, friends, whatever you want to call them. There's a lot of fucking age people or difference in age groups on this. And I don't think they really understand that. And it's funny because so many of them are such independent thinkers, but they're only on fucking Facebook. What the fuck? You know, especially after everything that's happened with fucking uh, Zuckerfuck um, just being a fucking asshole and just destroying free speech and just like kind of protecting the evil politicians like, oh, we're not going to make make it so that you have to tell the truth in a political ad. Well, don't have the fucking political ads then. okay? that fucking because people believe everything these fuckers say to the T. They don't read between the lines. You know, and then they're like, oh, well, I read it on Facebook. Read it on Go Fuck Yourself book. But I really wish more of the poets would come on here so I could uh, enter in a, uh, you know, a dialogue with them. I miss a lot of these people that I used to see all the time uh, at these events. Granted, most of them were, you know, I mean, when you're doing competitive poetry, everyone's a fucking competitor. You know, everyone is your opponent. But I with a bunch of people, I had a friendly, uh, you know, friendly repartee with them. And, uh, you know, I thought things were going pretty good. But I'm not the most social individual. And uh, I'm not the type of person that's really going to invite you over until there's something big going on. And uh, right now, it's like, you know, I don't know. I just feel like I work pretty good by myself. And if I started inviting people to this podcast again, I mean... They'd have to come here in the morning, you know. I can't, you know, really pay anybody or anything like that. So they'd have to be really interested in it and that kind of stuff. I'm sure there'll be somebody. And uh, I don't know. I said I'm thinking about doing a lot of things. But one thing I need to think about doing more of is writing every fucking day. Because now I'm up to two years and one month of writing every day. One month and uh, seven days. Okay, that is a lot of days writing consecutively. And so uh, more recently, I've been working on my short stories. And, of course, uh, the, uh, the novel Judge, Coach, and Executioner. And it's been really cool. I'm working on a story now about uh, a recovery house. Uh, kind of a, it's got a horror story. I always wanted to make a story about a recovery house. Um, not just because I read some of uh, Infinite Jest and wanted to write about one, but his story is kind of like, he's got like a whole bunch of different stories going on at once, and one of them is like a recovery house of the future or whatever. This one, it takes place in the here and now, and uh, instead of it being in Pennsylvania, I put it in Ohio, because about the same fucking thing, I mean, you know. But I am doing a little bit of Ohio research for this. So isn't that nice? I'm learning more about the Buckeye State. The Buckeye State. I'm not, I'm not trying to offend you from Idaho, Ohio. There's a big difference. Even though a lot of Americans think Idaho and Ohio are the same thing. Especially when uh, I traveled out to Spokane and I called my friends from back home. I'd be like, yeah, I was just in Idaho buying really cheap cigarettes. And they'd be like, you mean Ohio? I'm like, no, Idaho. Swear to God, I got this one piece of hair that just will not stay down, and uh, it's just not. It's just not. It's not in the cards today, okay? 
My hair is as wild as I am, and it just fucking wants to do what it wants. All right? And that's the problem, that I'm so obsessive compulsive that I want everything to be perfect. I want the perfect shot, the perfect fucking podcast, the perfect fucking poem. Um, perfectly imperfect, really. I just got to learn to just relax and, you know, not be so just crazy about everything being perfect and straight and, you know. I don't want to be like you, Howie Mandel and the Mark Summers, okay? I don't, but, you know, maybe some of that spirit has rubbed off on me. I don't know. This fucking quarantine shit's made it a lot worse. So, what do you think, Donkey Kong? Yes, I think so. I agree wholeheartedly. I could have dubbed that in there, but I didn't feel like it. Well, he wouldn't have showed up on the podcast, really, or the, the live stream. Because I can't do any editing for this. This is a one-time-only show over here. Once it's done recording, it's lost to the ages. Unless someone recorded the screenshot, or the screen recording. But I tried doing that, like, two podcasts ago, and it didn't record any sound. So, what the fuck good is it without sound? I mean, I could edit in the sound from this shit over here into that, but what the fuck? I shouldn't have to do that much work. Oh, well. I love you all, and uh, Manzoni does love you, and that's why he keeps coming out with new content. 100 fucking percent original shit. Alright, I know so much of this, especially on TikTok, is kind of based on you take someone else's song or whatever, or a little, uh, you know, thing... And then you add your own thing to it, and then it's fun. And uh, I respect that, but at the same time, I'm trying to do 100% original shit. And it was bad enough for me to be like, okay, let me bring some of this copyrighted music into my uh, some of my videos. Then it occurred to me, I'm like, if I tried to repost this on YouTube, would I get demonetized for uh, sharing a TikTok video that has, like, you know, one of the uh, free songs attached to it and i think the answer might be yes so i'm not going to chance that but uh i've been i write my own music not so much anymore but i've got tons of it so you know i mean i wrote the theme song the manzoni in the morning and um i wrote a bunch like the music that i've been playing for uh behind uh my short stories and stuff i'm big into like electronic classical kind of crazy shit not that i like listening to that stuff so much but i like composing i like playing Okay, one day I'd want to get a big-ass piano and just fucking tear ass through the universe, flying my magic piano, playing do 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 fuck you, uh, Billy Joel, do-do-do-do-do, stealing glasses from Elton John, and then wearing them. Christ, I'm losing my goddamn mind. But that's the whole point of this, gotta lose my mind to find it again. Here's the next poem. This is called, Is It Right? Is it right to allow the system to continue to reward the worst among us? Is it right to allow ivory tower assholes to warp ourselves, our youth, our souls, and our minds? Is it right to, hold on, I got a notification. New followers? Yes, that's great. How many? Wow. Oh, and someone reacted to my video? Really? Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. I love you, TikTok. I do. I don't hate you when you're good. Please don't let Wall Fart buy you out. They're in talks to do just that. Otherwise, I just might snap. 
By the way, we've been eating a lot of crap since we've entered into this world. You think we've had enough? I certainly do. I don't know. <sighs> uh, as you can see, I'm angry about social media. Why am I angry? Perhaps it's because I've been working so hard at this shit, and I'm in such a niche fucking thing. You know, poetry is just not, I mean, it is for some people, but it's kind of like, it's tough sell for people nowadays, you know? Like, oh, read my book, or read some shit. Oh, here, listen to some shit. Here's some audio shit to listen to. How about that? All right. I would like to give you shit to listen to. Oh, and uh, let's start our... Uh, yeah, let's start the, the short story or the novella or fucking whatever you want to fucking call it. <laughs> the novelette. This is called uh, The Anunnaki Next Door. If you don't know what The Anunnaki is, in Sumerian legend, there was a race of uh, celestial beings called the Anunnaki. And the legend is that they created the human race as like a slave race to mine gold to uh, for them to take back to their planet to rebuild their atmosphere. Okay. Now, the Sumerian legend is older than the legend of Christianity. The biblical times. This is before that shit, baby. Before that. So, what do you think their life was like before that shit? Well, it must have been fucking crazy. And honestly, since they're the first people that we have a record of, shouldn't we be like... I don't know, maybe taking their word a little stronger than people who came thousands of years afterwards? I don't know. I mean, it isn't like there were the Romans where every fucking historical thing they made was fucking propaganda for themselves, as far as I know. Like, oh, yes, we won this war so good, even though we lost. Oh, we're so good. And fucking Roman historians, you could kiss my fucking balls. I had to come up with a lot of new words for this story. Because, you know, that's what fucking sci-fi writers do. They write, and then they come up with a whole fucking bunch, a whole glossary of shit. But I had fun doing this. Good day, Mar, to you, humans. My name is Alan, and I'm an alien watcher. I've been here for eons, and you people sure do need a lot of help. But that's okay. I like to help. It's fun. Well, it can be. Other times, it's a total headache. I live in an unassuming house in a small suburban neighborhood located in scenic speed trap, New Jersey. I pay taxes, I kick asses, I do whatever I need to do to keep going, to keep you dum-dums on your toes. Who do you think gave Steve Jobs the idea and plans to build the first iPhone? Me. Who do you think inspired Nikola Tesla? Me. The space program, me. Who do you think got tea elected? Me. I did it. I did it to mess with you to see how well you'd be able to come together to handle such a crisis. Unfortunately, you're not doing as well as I'd hoped. Fun fact, President T, the one who must not be named under any such circumstances, it gives him a psychic energy known as Slintarnia is a reptilian. The reptilians intermittently arrive on this planet through the Stargate at the Bolivian site known to your people 
as Puma Poku, and the other one at Gobekli Tepe in Turkey. I don't necessarily get along with the reptilians, but they definitely serve their purpose to sow the seeds of chaos to provide your race with politicians, big businessmen. They are beings with huge plans and tiny packers. Overcompensation is the name of the game for reptilians. Once a year, they gather together for their famous Bilderberg meetings. They're hiding in plain sight, flying around in their luxurious vimanas, complete with anti-visual stealth modules. People know there's something fishy, but they can't do much about it. For the targets of these suspicions are too powerful to stand up against. If only folks believe those shows about extraterrestrials, my good friend Klignamo Swindak <laughs> and hosts a little show called Ancient Aliens. As Giorgio Tsukalos, an effervescent individual with big ideas and bigger hair. We have been leading your race from the moment you crawled out of a test tube because that's where you came from in the first place. You're too stupid to figure it all out. And those that have are labeled nuts by the whole of your society. Go figure, but that makes my job easier. I know my neighbors must have their suspicions, but that's their problem. I act strange. I tell people it's because I am extremely religious. They ask me what my faith is. I tell them it's new, that they wouldn't be familiar with it. That's a problem with you humans. I tell you, nothing to see here. Don't ask questions. But you won't listen. You won't trust me. You keep asking, and I keep lying to you. I don't sleep like you people do. I go into an inert state inside of a stasis chamber. Without it, I am unable to rest and recharge. Separate me from my stinky little chamber for long enough, and I will become ill, so ill I might die. Don't take this as an instruction manual on how to defeat me, please. Look what happened to E.T. I'd rather this be as truthful as possible for my upcoming one-man show. It's going to be a blast. I'm not sure whether my people will appreciate it so much, which is why I'm writing this in English-American humanese. One must adapt to the world around them. I've adapted to America. I have adapted elsewhere. But America is where I do my best work. The Sumerians called my people the Anunnaki, but they got my portrait wrong in the sculpted reliefs. I was never a bird man. I was never a lion with a man's head and wings. That's poetic license for you. Don't get me started on what's wrong with all the alien movies your culture shits out. You would think I was trying to take over the world or something. Well, I did. A few times. We hit the restart button more than once so many times I believe I may be losing count. When your civilization backs itself into a corner and destroys itself, we destroy them. Wipe the slate clean and start anew. That deja vu you feel, it's real. It's substantial. You have done this before more times than you'd be comfortable knowing. 
You've read this story at least a dozen times. You don't remember because you are a new you each time. With each iteration, your spirit grows weaker. But not me. Nope. Same old me every time. I spent the morning typing, sipping from my caffeinated beverage, basic in chemical nature. Not basic as in, you are a basic bitch. Acidity levels aside, I managed to accomplish a fair bit of work. Pages grew numerous. My spirit lightened. One day more, the whole of humanity will know my tired travails. Not now, but soon. There are signs, strange behaviors, some things that people do that we would normally discount are actually the very things that characterize a true alien. People who enjoy Hawaiian pizzas, aliens. People who get in the passing lane and slow down, aliens. People who write blogs about the daily activities of their cats dressed in tiny costumes, aliens. The problem is that they're all different kinds of aliens, not so easy to determine. Or is it? I put on my glasses. They look like shit. Coke bottles 30 years out of date. But they do what they were designed for, the detection of aliens. So I know who to abduct and who not to. Granted, uh, sometimes I have abducted aliens, pretending I didn't know. I just wanted to get them out of the picture. I picture I'm going to be king dick of this shit pile. Just you wait. I I've been waiting for hundreds of thousands of years, longer than you and your precious Bible. I even helped write some of the juicier parts. Though that part with Elijah was true. In fact, you could still find him on the mothership. He's filed away somewhere in what your people might call a piano crate. That might be lost, but who knows? We have abducted a lot of humans. Yes, sometimes I do it myself. No need for pomp. No need for huge spaceships lighting up the skies. All you need is some lengthy, stringy material to bind them up in a little bit of pure, distilled Riesnab injected into their carotid arteries. Oh, yes, I get the best stuff. Sure, I have to send away from the double dark web. But when it gets here, all the way from the Seven Sisters, a.k.a. the Pleiades star system, it's fire. I mean truly. All you need is a crumb of a crumb of a crumb to knock the most dour and fortuitous of figures out into a crumpled pile of gibbering man meats. What you do to them after that is your own prerogative, as is mine. I woke that morning from my stasis chamber, flipped the lever to empty the juice from within. I was dropped onto a series of crisscross conveyor belts that ultimately carried me through the bathroom ceiling where I was to apply my daily disguise. Human skin foundation, a little color, fake contact lenses, and putty, and we're done. No biggie, right? Emerging from the toilet, I felt like a million schlindemals. Not paper money, they're a type of crystal harvested from the asteroid fields at Andromeda Beta 12. Still about the same difference. 
I gazed out the window where my spy, Bjark, disguised as a human-style cat, Gilsnarl, watched ever so patiently. Got anything good for me today, Mar? I asked. The cat brought its ass to its own face and had a few choice licks. Nah, said Gilsnarl. Your neighbor's up to his old tricks again, though. It was Skipper, Patriarch du Jour of the Moran family. Yes, Moran. I pronounce it Moran, Moran family, because it couldn't be more appropriate. These people, their heads were so far up their own asses that they didn't even notice a freaking alien living next door to them. Day more in, day more out, I observed their home improvement projects. It was difficult not to, because depending on the time, either the husband, the wife, or the son was outside doing something obnoxiously annoying. The son, Arlen, was a tool. He sits around in the dark late at night, chain-smoking cheap cigarettes, ranting to his friends. Meth heads, I suppose. I mean, who the hell is up at that hour besides writers? I couldn't hate him too much, though. It was evident from his passive avoidant behavior that he was doing whatever possible to escape his parents' daily bullshit fest. That's a new word of the day, bullshit fest. I'd get a night job, too, if I him. In the mornings, the mother, Lala, reigned supreme with her small army of five ill-tempered fleas stars. In the afternoons to early evenings, Skipper, he controlled the yard. He always was improving his property. Of course, improving might not be the best term to use, but it's the term for what he would call for what he was doing. And when neither of the morons were outside, they'd leave out their chihuahua sparkles. That dog could bark at anything, anytime, anywhere. It didn't matter how well it knew you. If it heard a sound, it would immediately start letting loose with a sharp, piercing bark. <laughs> they ripped through your soul right to the core. I heard a drizzling sound against the fence. I activated my personal communicator, disguised to look like a regular old normal cell phone device. That way I could survey the area beyond the fence without risking an encounter with family fucknuts. Power on the screen. What do I see? A set of fur-covered testicles. Switch camera two. The dog's red rocket was spraying into the lens. Fuck. Why was Sparkles getting an erection? Did it know it was pissing me off? I bet it did. Well, I had something to show, Mr. Pissing Popper. I'd been awaiting my chance. Oh boy. A new update to my Secure Matrix firmware allows for an additional branch of electron flow through the surrounding air within 20 yards of a beacon. Jargon aside, I hit a button and delivered a shocking message to Sparkle. <laughs> sorry, Sparkles, not sorry. I said to myself, grinning, like a fool. Skipper burst through the back door wearing a Frankie Says Relax shirt he must have pulled from a Goodwill dumpster. A pair of two short denim shorts, Crocs, and a mesh ball cap that proclaimed, I got Rehiko in Mexico. 
all over his body were smeared grease stains. Maybe some of it was shit. It was hard to tell. But from the couple of times I was invited inside, heaven help me for making such grievous mistakes. I knew that there was half fossilized dog and cat feces mashed into every square foot of carpet. The morons were the kind of family that, instead of cleaning up their animals' messes, they'd ignore it and hope that it eventually turned to dust. Sparkles, called out Skipper. What's wrong with you now? Maybe he got a kidney stone, I said from across the yard. Maybe. I had to stifle a laugh. It wasn't easy. In fact, if I was human, I would have damn near pissed myself while doing so. When as an Anunnaki, picture of perfection, I didn't have to worry about urinating. I still had to go about, I still had to go number two, once about every 30 day Mars. And that was always a discomforting, debilitating affair. Anytime I need to go, I make sure to clear the bathroom and my schedule wherever and whenever I so happen to lay my bare bottoms. To say it was explosive would be an understatement, and that's right, bottoms as in two, two asses. See you later, Skipper. Uh, have a nice day and all that jazz, I said, turning to return inside. Wait, said Skipper. Come here. I've got something I need to tell you. He came trotting up to the fence and peered over. Though I could tell he was coming my way as the odor level increased to an intolerable level. He told me once that he only showers once a month. Oh, really, sir? Do tell. You know, we're supposed to stay six feet apart, I reminded him. Coronavirus America. Another engineer disaster temp compliments of the reptilian contractors because reptilians are too fucking dumb to engineer their own bioweapons. They were the Miantala. <clears throat> but do they take the credit instead of where giving credit where credit is due? Of course the reptilians do. It is in their nature as cold-blooded manifestations of greed and avarice. Bah! said Skipper, waving his hands. Didn't you hear on the morning news? It's all a conspiracy by the Democrats in Hollywood. Yeah, I said. I shook my head with a pursed lip. Where'd you hear that? Fox News? Sure, they don't have an agenda. No siree. Don't be such a sheep, Alan, said Skipper. Then he became overcome with a fit of cough sneezing. <laughs> he made no effort to shield me from the potentially deadly filth droplet. <laughs> Good thing I'm immune to this shit. But I couldn't let on that I was, so I got mad. What are you doing, you old fart? I said, face turning a neato shade of crimson. You're trying to kill me or something? The president has already said there's nothing to worry about. Sure, Arlen has recently come down with something, but something sure isn't what your liberal media wants that something to be. Is he coughing a lot? I asked. Fever? Yeah, but you can't listen to them store-bought Chinese thermometers, said Skipper, which, by the way, our president is trying to save us from. 
What, the thermometers or the Chinese? Oh, stop it. Whatever you're about to shit out of your mouth, just, just stop it. I'm an American! Exclaimed Skipper, raising his finger high in the air. As if it were a lightning rod. Then he stopped as if suddenly realizing something. He reached into his pants and pulled out a small handgun. He pointed it into the air. And I could say, whatever I want, wherever I want, however I want. I pictured a bolt coming down and zapping the pants off of him. Nice. When am I going to see the day where you come to this fence and inform me that you and your lovely family are moving away forever? Never, said Skipper. He smiled at me contemptuously. This is my town, my city, my country. Firing off two shots into the sky. The neighbors across the street came outside, worried. Don't mind us, Miss Tuttle, said Skipper, still waving his weapon. We're having a heated discussion about what it means to be an American. Well, do it without your damn gun, said Mrs. Honeycutt. Her husband came outside to join her. It's too early in the morning for this nonsense. Ain't that the truth, I added. I'll do whatever I want, grunted Skipper. He started to foam at the mouth. Whatever, however, and... This is when I excused myself. Although I didn't actually excuse myself. I turned my back on him and walked inside, muttering curses, while trying my best not to slip into my native alien language, Ulanasia. Where are you going? Said Skipper. He leaned over the fence. Stop. One of the boards comprising the fence broke away. Oh, how did that happen? Skipper was out there all last week painting the fence white, gluing rhinestones to it, and pointless. Pointless LED lights. Once I tried to tell him that this was my fence, but he was not having it. Freedom! America! White entitlement! Skipper cut his hand on the fence and fell over into a heap. Not to be looked at as weak, he popped up with a disconcerting vigor and said, I'm okay. Some Chinaman must have put that up. Always cheap. That's what they are. I put that fence up. I said, turning once again to face him. I put it up the year before you numb skulls moved in and decided to take over the neighborhood. Well, then it's your fault, yelled Skipper. I should sue. I should sue. I should for all the mental anguish and distress you folks, you fox, have bestowed upon me. Bah, said Skipper. He pointed the gun at me in pantomime, shooting me. Pow, pow. You'd be better, you know, you'd be better, you'd better keep your mouth shut or, or, or bad things might happen to you. Is that a threat? Oh, shut up, Skipper, hollered Mrs. Mr. Oh. Whoa, shut up, Skipper, hollered Mr. Honeycutt. It's too early for this ridiculousness. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Retorted Skipper, his face becoming redder by the second. Do something about it then. I dare you. The honeycuts abruptly turned around and went back inside. Skipper popped out his chest. 
Layla's, Lala's haggard face peeked out from the blinds. Her appearance resembled a California raisin mixed with a viper and a crow. Pointy, severe. She lifted up the window and peered through. Now, what's going on out there, said she. I'm trying to sleep. I've got work later. Yeah, she works three Daymars a week. And she didn't start working until they moved into this house. Before that, I'm told she was a stay-at-home mom that didn't too much enjoy the mothering part at all. She was more the type to party with her sons, taking drugs such as LSD mushrooms and ecstasy. A little bit of cocaine. As opposed to disciplining them. I'm thankful that due to the coronavirus outbreak, parties have been verboten. Otherwise, I know they'd be throwing big shindigs full of bush beer drinking millennial turds. Yuck. Anything to surround yourself with people who will validate you and your actions without question. How you doing, Lala? I called out. Oh, my lumbago is killing me. Said Lala. She only had two steady. Low as fuck and high as shit. Spent too much time meditating to the smooth sounds of the Tibetan Throat Singers Guild. Gotta get my peace on, radio. Yeah. Peace. Peace. That's a good one. I could hear those throat singers last night. My stars, it sounded like Asir the Grouch got caught in a ninja chopper. How could anyone meditate to that? She does, though. Well, uh, have yourself a good day, I guess, I replied. Meow, you too, cutie pie, said she. Then Skipper took me aside. He pointed to the black chestnut tree running over the periphery of my front yard, partially over into theirs. I just wanted to talk to you about felling that pesky tree of yours. What about it? There was no argument. That tree, it doubled as a communicatrix antenna for contact. Contact in the home world. He didn't know that, and he never needed to either. It needs to come down like yesterday, said Skipper, very matter of factly. I don't see why I should be pestered into removing one of my trees, I said. In fact, that makes me want to keep it warm. If you don't cut it down, I don't be surprised if something happens to it in the middle of the night. Fuck you, asshole. That's it. I'm setting up my cameras to catch your ass. In case you try to pull the funny moves. Yeah, well, maybe I should set up a camera as well to uh, catch you in your illegal alien child smuggling ring. You've been watching too much fucking Fox News, I answered, shaking my head. It's giving you brain damage worse than you already had in the first place. Skipper spread his legs akimbo and dug in before giving me the third degree. How dare you say that? I'm a veteran of two major American wars, and... No, you aren't. What? I checked. You weren't in active combat in any wars. In fact, I found one of your co-workers online. They said you weren't worth half a hog's asshole. You were such a slacker. You'd do anything, anytime to catch a few Z's. He called you Beetle fucking Bailey. That's a lie. He also said the brass had to come up with a new level of demotion after having dealt with you. What is it? Fourth degree fucking fuck private? He said they never let you out of the kitchen peeling potatoes. I was a master sergeant, said Skipper. I fought in the war with the, the Chinese. Check your history books, Mac. That war, it hasn't happened yet. I met Desert Storm. Yeah, which one? The first one, in the 80s. 
Skipper, Skipper, why don't you stop right there? I said, what's up? If I had heat bitch, you know, I would have melted him right off. You're caught. You're a chronic liar. Bring this up again. Too late. I had already posted on his Republican Veterans for a Better America fuckbook group, where he tells thousands of military personnel the scope of his made-up exploits. I suppose he hadn't logged in yet, but he was sure in for a surprise. <laughs> they banned him from the group page. Ha <laughs> ha! You know, you're a real piece of work, I called out, but he was already halfway inside. The dog came running up behind him. Skipper accidentally shut the door on the monster's misshapen head, and he tried to pull the dog through the opening without opening the door any. <laughs> uttered Sparkles. Shut up! screamed Skipper. He did not change his method. Instead, he kept yanking the brainless dog into the doorframe over and over until I embarked inside, disgusted and appalled. When I got inside, I pulled the blinds. Gil Snaw grunted with approval, tooted, and weaved in between my legs as I walked. Communicatrix soon arrived via the transmitter hidden in my bathroom mirror. We conversed in Ulanasia. Alright, I'm gonna stop there and make a note of that. We're over an hour already. Jesus Christ. Time flies when you're having fucking fun, right? Well, there's still another uh, 21 pages of uh, the Anunnaki next door to go, so think about that mm. we're gonna do our uh weed of the week that i'm not gonna show on my camera my other camera weed of the week weed of the week it's manzoni's weed of the week weed of the week weed of the week it's manzoni's weed of the week all right today on weed of the week uh we don't have any new weed we have the same weed that we had last time but we did make a little stop for black friday um it is, uh, we got this from Stated Smoke Shop um, in Spokane, local business. You should go there and stop by. They got a lot of glass and, uh, and that kind of stuff. You know, any smoking supplies you need, they got that shit. A lot of it, they have like their own glass blower doing stuff. So it was really cool that we found a very nice bong water pipe uh, that one of their guy made. And it's really cool. So it's got a uh, hand-blown glass in it. And uh, I never really had a bomb with, uh, with that kind of... I like it a lot. And it hits very well. If only I'd remember to pack the damn shit. You get the idea. Okay, you get the idea. This is cool. You should go there and spend your money there. They also sell Kratom if you're in a pinch. And they got probably one of the best prices in town for it, which is like $40 for a uh, five ounce bag. And then like, I think $60 for the 250 gram bag. And then what else do we get? We got this, which to some might look like an alien dildo or something like that. But this is a uh, nectar collector which you use to smoke oil. So you torch the end, yeah, and then you dip it into like a, a latex dish thing, or it's like a 
silicone or something. And yeah, it's that. And it's, uh, it's really cool. And it's, uh, it's a little bit different than the traditional, you know, dab rig, which heat up the glass bowl thing and then you push the, uh, the, the heated up nail or whatever into it. Which is cool, but, you know, I, I'm all up for uh, new stuff to do. Like, this thing, uh, there's supposed to be a place where you can put water in it, but uh, I haven't figured out that much about it yet. But, really cool, and, uh, yeah, you're going to smoke oil. This is the way. Or one of them, at least. Whoa! So that was our Weed of the Week. I hope uh, this is my... Uh, a blessing goes to the people of New Jersey who will soon be having their legal weed, finally. God knows it's going to take them forever to open up the recreational stores, but good job, guys. They always said I wasn't going to move back to New Jersey until uh, they got weed. Well, they got weed, and I'm still not fucking moving back to New Jersey. Because there weren't any fucking opportunities for poetry there, I'll tell you that much. Unless you're living in Philadelphia or fucking next to New York. They just did not give a rat's ass about fucking the arts there except for like they have some art shows at like the co- little colleges and at the shore and stuff but that's mostly to sell for fucking the fucking tourists and shoobies as they like to say and now we're gonna go to Kratom Corner Kratom Corner Kratom Corner it is it is Kratom Corner I can show this so this week for Kratom Corner we got a this is called Above the Waves of Cat Botanicals one of my favorite blends. Um, it's a mix of a couple different kinds, I believe. They have like specialty blends that you can get that have like a mix of different kratoms. And uh, it has a very nice kind of light kind of scent as opposed to like some of the musty shit that you get. Some nice color to it. I mean, it smells a hell of a lot better than like, other kratoms. And uh, I think that this stuff is a little bit stronger than some of the other ones I bought. Because just, uh, I think it's just real fresh there, you know, all these you get from this place and it's sealed and it's good and uh, I like it a lot. With my site I usually go to, Kratom Crazy has closed, ceased operations um, and they, there's no word on when they're going to open back up. It's some fucked up shit because uh, they have the best price. You know, this Kratom is more expensive. It's still less expensive than what you're going to buy at a store like um, at the liquor store or at Sedated Smoke Shop. So, uh, you know, if you're into Kratom, order from them. And, uh, boy, how are we going to wrap this up? I mean, we've had such a good time together. I don't know. I saw in the news uh, or on Twitter that there's already people having problems with their PlayStation 5s, crashing like a motherfucker. Of course, you know, I would love to get a PlayStation 5 right away. But I know from my experience in buying game systems that it usually ends up being a fucking nightmare. Like, Sega 32X, we had to take it back like two or three, I think like three times it fucking didn't work. The Xbox 360, it crashed like a motherfucker. Like, I couldn't even fucking play the day I got it to go before I went to work because I just kept crashing so much. You know, we know that there's problems with these systems when they come out, and we know that this is a special crazy year, so of course it's going to be fucky. But I feel bad for all the people who stood in line for a million years and then paid $500 plus, um, and then they aren't able to play. But you know what? That's the kind of risk you take when you get a new piece of technology like that. You know what I mean? So here's hoping that somebody buys me a PlayStation 5. 
Uh, well, you know what? We all get what we need to get in due time, you know? Everything I need, I've gotten just a little bit at a time. I've been blessed as much as I've been cursed. Well, I think I've been blessed more than I've been cursed. Because, like, I'm out living my dream out here, you know? I'm doing my writing thing. I'm writing my novels, writing my stories, doing the podcast, taking it to the next level because that's what I want to do because that's what motivates me creatively. Oh, I'm going to miss you guys. So I'm going to try to come back in next week, Monday, 8 a.m. Pacific for the next live stream. I want to thank everyone who joined me and, uh, you know, be sure to subscribe, click that bell, as they say, to be notified of my new videos. Love you very much. All of my Manzoniacs and Manzoni stands, you know, you're the best, and I couldn't do this without you. So keep watching my videos, keep liking them, keep leaving those nice comments, and uh, we're going to figure out how to get through these next few months this next year. And I'm going to keep writing about it. And then, uh, you know, we'll see where we go from there. So this has been Manzoni in the morning signing. Oh, 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 oh. Did it. Another one in the books. Manzoni in the morning, number fucking 40. Hot damn.